Your New Year's resolutions should be for, you should be able to sustain them forever uh, or and make that lifestyle change that can, it's going to do so much more for you than just a 21 day fix. And you become so much happier as a human being because you're not so, you're not putting even more limitations and more judgment on yourself. This is episode number 44 with functional dietitian nutritionist, Bridget Tickemeyer. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, medical student and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I have a really fun episode coming up for you today with my good friend, functional dietitian nutritionist and author of the blog beingbridget.com, Bridget Titkemeyer. A little bit of background about her, Bridget received her undergraduate degree from Miami University of Ohio in dietetics and her master's of science in public health nutrition from Case Western Reserve University. She's contributed to numerous articles in the mainstream media on health and nutrition topics in publications such as the U.S. News and World Report and the Huffington Post. We caught up previously in episode 22 of the podcast where Bridget talks about her personal story and her passion for helping others achieve optimal health through nutrition. So if you haven't yet heard that one, I highly encourage you to check it out. Now, with the new year quickly approaching, Bridget and I got together in this episode to talk about our top five tips for making nutrition changes that will last far past the month of January. We also talk about our upcoming Healthy Self Reset, which is a free four-week program that starts January 16th. The program includes weekly shopping lists and meal plans featuring whole foods recipes that are gluten, dairy, and added sugar-free from Bridget's blog, as well as workouts to help you start 2017 on the right foot. You can learn more about the program by visiting 2017.healthyselfreset.com forward slash sign dash up. Or you can find the link in the show notes for this episode on juliefouché.com forward slash podcast. Before we get started, I have a few quick reminders. First of all, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a five-star rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. If you're interested in training with me, check out my program through Beyond the Whiteboard. This is the actual training that I do now, five days per week, one hour per day, scheduled out for you minute by minute from warm up to cool down. For more info or to try the program yourself, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com forward slash Julie Fouché. We're also gearing up for a month-long free trial starting January 16th, so if you're interested in that, make sure you sign up for the Healthy Self Reset to get the free sign-up link on the 16th. Finally, please remember that although I'm nearing graduation from medical school, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here on episode 44 of Pursuing Health featuring Bridget Tickemeyer. Bridget, I'm Thank super you. excited because you're my first repeat guest on Pursuing Health. Oh, yay. So this is very exciting, but it's very timely because we're looking at a new year, 2017, and this is a time when a lot of people are thinking about changing, especially their nutrition, but their health habits in general. So we thought we'd sit down. We kind of talked about some of our 
favorite tips or points for looking at the new year and making some changes for nutrition. So we're just going to kind of talk about those and then also a fun project that we're working on too. Yeah, that we're really excited about. (laughs) Awesome. So welcome back again. Thank you. And it's so good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll just start off with some of these tips and then we'll kind of talk about them. So the first one, which I think we both agree is the most important, is you have to have fun. You have to make whatever you're doing in the kitchen or whatever you're doing with your food about fun and experimentation and not about restriction. Right, exactly. And I think the thing about New Year's resolutions is that they're always uh, involving some level of restriction and very strict rules. And uh, rules are great for, you know, 21 days, 28 days, however long, and then maybe even three months if you have, you know, incredible willpower. (laughs) <laughs> and then it's like life happens, life starts to happen, you get busy and it's like, well, I'm now not able to follow these rules. I'm not as committed to it. And then people start to fall off. So I think that you have to make it enjoyable because then it doesn't matter if you get busy because you still want to be doing it. And so a lot of that requires just like cooking in your kitchen. We mm-hmm. talked about having people that you're friends with get involved or your family right. members like Julie and her husband they like <laughs> are amazing meal preppers and they're so good at sometimes, eating well together sometimes. and it makes it so much more fun like I love hanging out with them because we have so many things in common in terms of you know where we want to eat what we want to eat right. all of those things absolutely yeah I think it's a lot more fun even so we did a challenge for my training program a couple months ago it was amazing that was you know a little bit about rules because we had some certain rules and I for myself even set some more strict rules because I really wanted to rein things in but just for a short period of time um, but I think the most fun part about it was cooking and we get so used to our routine of cooking the same thing every week and meal prepping and it's just easy and you don't have to think about what you're buying or what you're making or how you're going to make it but it's really not that hard to make a new recipe every once in a while and it's actually really fun. <laughs> it can be so fun. Yeah, if you take the time to find one to two new recipes per week, mm-hmm. it's not anything that's overwhelming and I think that sometimes it's like you're looking at a cookbook and there's so many things to choose from and you're like, right. oh, I have to do all these things and I have to cook every single meal but that's really not the case. I feel like if you just choose one to two new recipes per week, it's a way to get a little bit more or to expand your comfort zone a little bit and then if you really like those options they become more of your go-to slowly Mm -hmm. over time and then it's a great way to try new foods because there's so many fruits and vegetables and things like that that people aren't really eating Mm -hmm. because you get very like you said you're eating the same foods over and over again right you buy the same foods every week at the grocery store and there's so much more to your diet or there can be so much more to your diet if you just expand upon those things by trying some of the new foods and flavors and textures and all of those fun things. Absolutely. And I think for me, it was that barrier, I think, of just saying, oh, it's one more thing I have to worry about or one more thing I have to think about for five extra minutes. And I just kept saying, oh, it's not important. I'll just cook the same thing. And Danny and I kind of had our same recipes that we would just go back to every week. And um, I think, one, doing that challenge and then seeing some of your recipes. I love all the experimentation that you do. But then also we this year decided to join our CSA, which was great because every week, no matter what, we're going to get something different. And right. that really forced us to get creative. And even even sometimes not being creative, but just 
we would just roast all the vegetables, but there would be different vegetables every week. And sometimes um, it'd be things that we'd never tried before. I'd have to look up like, what is this vegetable and how do I cook it? And so that was a great way to kind of force us into that variety and then trying new things. So I love that about the CSA. And then you're also eating local, right? So then your your fruits and vegetables are going to have a higher nutrient level to begin with because Mm -hmm. they're not being shipped across the country and jet lagged. Right. And then (laughs) I never thought about that, but I guess your vegetables could be jet lagged. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's like it takes days for that to happen when they're shipping things from Mexico or from California or wherever. And so if you're eating in season, you're getting optimal nutrient level Mm -hmm. um, in your foods. And then we already have this setback of nutrients in our diet to begin with because of the soil changes that have happened in the last 50 years. So Mm -hmm. it's like if you can do those small things to enhance that and then to eat in season, there's so many great things that it does for your health. It's so true. And it tastes so much better. Some of those things, you know, like I forgot. I mean, I used to have vegetables from my grandma's garden or fresh vegetables growing up, but you forget how much of a difference it is. Even from buying something in a really good grocery store that's organic versus buying something local, it still tastes so different because it's just so much more flavorful. And it's so true. It's incredible. I really don't like eating tomatoes from the grocery store Mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't know why, (laughs) but I think that it actually like, the only time that I'll eat tomatoes is if they're coming from my parents' garden mm. or my grandma's garden. Right. And it's like, <laughs> wow, these are so good. I could eat so many of them. <laughs> right. Right. So I love that. So that's, I think one of my biggest tips for people to get variety is just to join either CSA or shopping or farmer's market or do something like that. Because it takes, also it takes the decision-making out of it, which I think is the most exhausting part for people. Right. Even that's if you so don't think true. about it is really even at the grocery store, okay, what am I going to buy or what am I going to put put in my cart? You don't even have to think about it. You just get your bag and then you go home and figure That's it so out. That's so true. I, I completely agree. And then it, it like ties into the fact that don't focus so much on the food rules. If you need mm-hmm. to reset your system and do that for the initial time, but mm-hmm. like your new year's resolutions should be for, you should be able to sustain them forever right. uh, or, and make that lifestyle change that can it's going to do so much more for you than just a 21 day fix or mm-hmm. however long you're trying to follow a very rigid mm-hmm. plan and I think that then you become so much happier as a human being because you're not so you're not putting even more limitations and more judgment on yourself it's like okay well this is just going to be fun and I'm going to expand my diet and include right. more fruits and vegetables and plant-based foods right which is actually our second tip that is our second <laughs> tip is to eat more nutrient-dense and plant-based foods and I think that's something especially you know I'm in CrossFit, a lot of us are more involved in a paleo style of eating. And I think a lot of times that gets lost in translation is really how many vegetables we should be eating and how important all those nutrients are. Um, and so that's, and that's obviously another way to get a lot of variety. Right. No, it's so true. And I think that a paleo diet is amazing. There's amazing benefits to it. And there's pretty strong research to support that it can decrease inflammation and all of these great things, um, optimize energy for a lot of people. A lot Mm -hmm. of the, uh, training the train with JF program challenge that we did with Mm -hmm. all of her amazing members of the train (laughs) program was a paleo challenge. Mm -hmm. And it was like the focus was on plant-based foods Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, 
a 12 ounce steak, which would technically be paleo, but it's not necessarily going to mean that that's healthy for you. And all of the members of the train with JF program were like, wow, I can't believe how much more energy I feel or energy I have. I can't believe how much uh, I'm, how much better I'm able to train Mm -hmm. and how much better my mood is. And just like how much better life seems when you're eating or incorporating a lot of the Mm plant-based foods and vegetables. Yeah. It was so fun to see people's recipes and how much fun they had actually cooking and trying new things. And even still, now that the challenge is over, we still see a lot of those posts and people trying new, new recipes and cooking. So that's, and they're like the highlight of my day. I'm like, (laughs) yes, I love that. That's, this is why I wanted to become a nutritionist (laughs) to see you make those changes in your life. That's amazing. (laughs) And like you said, they're still doing it, even though the challenge is over because they were able to find ways to make it really enjoyable. And when you look at, I mean, all of our health is generated from our gut microbiome, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like the impact that food has on in the way that it communicates with your bacteria. Mm-hmm. And they've done a lot of research to show that even like looking in, at populations, like they did this one study that had children from Italy that were eating, you know, heavy carbohydrate based diets. Mm-hmm. And then uh, children from this uh, place in Africa mm-hmm. that were eating over 40 grams of fiber per day. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the strains of bacteria among those two populations, they're extremely different. And so when you think of the fact that, you know, the different strains of bacteria and the different foods that you're eating, they communicate mm-hmm. with your gut. And then that has a lasting impact or it can if you're doing it right. long term on your entire health because that impacts your energy levels it impacts your immune system and it makes you stronger and able to fight off diseases and other things like that. Mm-hmm. So right. it, I mean, food is the only way to change your health long term. Mm-hmm. Even like supplements, probiotics, all of those things, right. they cannot make that same impact as plants and fiber, fiber rich foods right. and all the different colors and phytonutrients uh, that you get from, you know, purple cauliflower <laughs> or <laughs> all these fun new things. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, exactly. Um, the, and the gut, talking about the gut microbiome is super interesting too, because now this is such a huge area of research and it's something that obviously functional medicine has been talking about for years and years, but there's the, the gut and your gut bacteria is linked to so many things that have to do with your health, so many diseases. Um, and it's interesting that really the main things that you can do to change your gut bacteria are really the foods that you eat. And then you could get a transplant, you know, you could get a fecal transplant, transplant. but that's not really something most people are looking to do unless they're in an extreme situation. But the, really the main thing that we have power over is what we put in our mouth. And that has total impact on our gut gut bacteria. Exactly. And I mean, it's much easier than a fecal transplant, (laughs) right? (laughs) which we are not recommending by any means. (laughs) Right. That's a sort of a last resort for people, but But even just your metabolism, like they've done research where you don't even have to, in these mice where you don't have to, they don't alter the foods or their exercise levels. Mm -hmm. And just by taking lean mice that have the different strains of bacteria and implanting them into obese mice, Mm -hmm. it completely changes their metabolism and allows for them to lose weight without changing the way that they're eating and without changing their exercise level. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the impact that it can have on exactly disease and then just your overall like functionality and your Mm weights, which I think is sometimes like a good indicator of, or can be a good indicator of your overall health. It's like, it has such powerful effect. It's amazing. So again, 
eating those plant-based foods and the nutrient-dense foods. And also another thing that you talk about a lot is using different spices, which I think people don't think about as much. You know, we always cook with maybe salt and pepper and maybe a couple of spices, but using spices is a great way to add nutrients into your food too. Such a great way. And in flavor too. So it makes the food taste better. Right. But um, when you look at even just the research on turmeric alone and the impact that it can have on reducing inflammation, mm-hmm. it has one of the most powerful effects on any kind of disease state that's inflammation related mm-hmm. compared to every single nutrient and food base um, or food group that I've seen. Um, so turmeric is an amazing source and you can get tumor. It, it's better to get the turmeric root and then mm-hmm. to grate it so okay. that it's fresh. Any fresh uh, spices and herbs are going to have a more potent effect in mm-hmm. terms of the um, decrease in inflammation, but it doesn't have to always be fresh because sometimes it's easier to do powder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but even like if you add turmeric to your eggs for people who eat eggs Um, (laughs) or your smoothies or even just like a half of an avocado with some turmeric and sea salt and lemon Mm -hmm. juice. You can't really taste it that much. And it has, you know, all of these amazing benefits to it as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Danny, my husband has been sneaking it into our smoothies, so (laughs) we've been getting more that way, but, um, can you taste it? Not really. No. I mean, he hasn't put so much that it's, you can really taste it very much, but um, but I also really like the turmeric tea. So I make that too, oh, yeah, or even that's the lattes, great. like just coconut milk or, um, almond milk and then turmeric in there with some honey. It tastes they really have good. It, uh, <laughs> it does taste really good. I love that. They have those at town hall too, that yes, I, I love the Our favorite restaurant in Cleveland. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we so go good. there a lot. <laughs> um, okay. So our next point, our third point is to set yourself up for success. So this has to do with doing a challenge, but also just in life in general, when life gets crazy, how can we set ourselves up for success so that we minimize those distractions or those needs to make maybe poor choices when we're thinking about what to eat? Yes. So what are some ways that you do that in your day to day? Cause you're very busy. <laughs> I think that actually, um, the easiest way to do it is to meal prep on the weekends, mm-hmm. which we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know that you and Danny do too, mm-hmm. but it, it makes the week so much easier if you're able to just make two recipes that are very mm-hmm. big recipes, or you could double or triple mm-hmm. so that you have enough for the week. But if you do a big thing of soup or a big thing of chili, and then you can just pack, you know, smaller snacks on the side of it, it makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. And I also pre-make a salad every single weekend so that I'm mixing up my greens and, mm-hmm. you know, shredded red um, cabbage and shredded carrots and peppers and onion. And then I mix that all together and then put it in a salad bowl and then transfer that to a Tupperware after Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just keep that in my refrigerator and I throw that into Tupperware so that I'm able to at least have a salad on the side. Mm -hmm. And then I try to freeze the meals that I'm prepping on the weekends so that I can use them, you know, every few weeks so that I can incorporate a little bit more variety into my diet instead of eating the same meal. Because I think that that is the one downfall with meal prepping is that you don't get the variety, but if you can freeze the meals Mm -hmm. and even if you can do uh, crock pot meals that you throw in a bunch of ingredients that you would put into the crock pot, Mm -hmm. put them into uh, like Tupperwares and then put them in your freezer Mm -hmm. and then you can just take those out of your freezer dump them in a crock pot add some chicken broth or whatever kind of broth you're Mm -hmm. using and then just you know put that on I know you guys use the instapot too yeah we use that too it's basically like a crock pot but 
really quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's a great point too. And I think because that is one downfall of meal prepping is that you are eating the same thing. But then I try, hopefully, even if you're not freezing them to cook something completely different the next week. So at least week by week, you're getting variety, but yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and then also just cooking a few different meals. So I love the salad idea. We did that a lot, especially when we were doing the challenge. I think that helps because it's so, it seems like so much work to have to cup, cut up vegetables and make a salad if you're crunched for time. But if you have it there, you're obviously much more likely to eat it. Right. And that even goes for snacks. Like if you, I try to save time after I go to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. instead of just shoving all of my produce in the produce drawer, Mm -hmm. I try to chop up like my um, celery and peppers so that then I have them in Tupperwares that are at eye level instead Mm -hmm. of in the produce container, Mm -hmm. because there's so much research to show that people eat what they're exposed to. So So that comes, that goes with like candy bowls. That also goes with fruits and vegetables so um brian wansink i don't know if we've talked about him maybe a little bit on the last episode but i love when you I talk love him. about him <laughs> he has done some really interesting research <laughs> and just i mean like with the school lunch cafeterias right. that he's completely transformed using basically the same approach that mcdonald's and other fast food companies have used but mm-hmm. in the opposite way to try to encourage kids to eat healthy mm-hmm. so he has all these ways that he lays out the cafeteria and really that comes to, along with just making the uh, fruit bowl accessible mm-hmm. and pretty for kids to access. So you could do a fruit bowl at your house. You could do the vegetables at eye level instead of in the produce drawer, mm-hmm. but you're going to be eating more vegetables. And sometimes when I say that to patients, they're like, Oh, but that will, they'll lose nutrient value by being chopped ahead uh-huh. of time, which is true. But I always say that you're going to lose nutrient value by not eating the fr- right. produce too. <laughs> if it's sitting in your, right. your refrigerator and, um, and you're not getting to it because that happens to me if I don't chop it oh yeah me too I end up throwing so much food away which I hate same here that is my number one pet peeve and I it makes me so mad and I talk to my husband about this all the time whenever we have food in the refrigerator that just goes bad because we don't cook it or we don't chop it off and I'm like oh I can't believe this happened again I know and it really does it makes I know it's the worst (laughs) and so it really does make all the difference if we it, it only happens to us when we don't have time to meal prep on the weekends really because we're like oh I'll just cook it one night this week and then it just doesn't happen so for us that's been really key is just making sure that we do it up front and whether it's throwing it all like usually we get all vegetables either throwing it all in a salad or throwing it in our instapot and just um, kind of steaming them or roasting them or whatever it's going to be it doesn't have to be complicated but just making sure that they're cooked somehow so that we're going to eat them. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And sometimes I'll also buy frozen produce Mm. because even though buying fresh Mm -hmm. is going to be good or probably your first choice, frozen will have a similar level of nutrients because they blanch it at the peak level of nutrients. Mm -hmm. And then you can just throw it into a saute pan and stir fry it fairly quickly. And so I do that sometimes too. That's a good point. And I know you guys are big on snacks. Yes, that's true. So definitely... I think setting yourself up for success in terms of having something on hand at all times so that you don't get hungry or you're not in the hospital where there's not as healthy of choices or you don't have to spend, (laughs) yeah, you don't have to spend money on things is another side benefit. But we usually do like, um, sort of like trail mix bags or just put mixed nuts or dried fruit or, um, some snack bars, sometimes, Um, I'll just bring extra of my lunch or whatever so that I can just have a little bit. Sometimes I'll have a sort of a mini meal before I then go to the gym at night. So making sure that I'm 
never going to be so hungry that I'm going to make a bad decision. <laughs> right. As Dr. Hyman always says, you have to avoid a food emergency <laughs> right. where you get to that hangry point that you're like, I'm yes. willing to put anything in my mouth. <laughs> right. That's so true. And it has a huge impact on blood sugar too. If you're eating frequently throughout the day, mm-hmm. I typically recommend every three to four hours, unless you're trying to do intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which works for some people too. Mm-hmm. I think that if you haven't played around with, um, the, the timing of your meals and mm-hmm. how you feel best that that would be a good thing to do. Yeah. That's another really interesting point I just did. So for my last nutrition class, I just reviewed this paper that actually it was mostly in mice, but it was looking at the timing of feeding mm-hmm. and, um, like circadian rhythms. And that's another thing that actually has a huge impact on your gut bacteria and then on your health. So they were looking at these mice and if they restricted their eating to like just during the day or just at night, then they were having much healthier microbiome and they were having, um, uh, much less weight gain and even blood sugar, their blood sugar was Mm -hmm. better controlled. Mm -hmm. And then when they just let them eat around the clock, Mm -hmm. it was all over the place. They were gaining tons of weight and they had much less, um, control over their blood sugar. So interesting. And then, you know, then they do all these transplant experiments where they transplant the, their microbiome into these germ-free mice and then they start to get disease too. So it is really fascinating again, going back to that microbiome. So it is, and it's all completely individualized because right. there is so much good research like that to mm-hmm. suggest that intermittent fasting is so good. Mm-hmm. But then there, I see patients that if they go too long without eating, they literally feel like they're completely completely crashing. And a lot of times they don't associate it with the fact that they're just going too long without eating. Right. It's not that big of a, you know, like revolutionary thing, but it can seem like it is once you incorporate snacks every three to four hours. And then for other people, when they go from eating every three to four hours to intermittent fasting, it's like literally life changing for them that they're Mm -hmm. like, wow, I can't believe how much better I feel. (laughs) So it is kind of, again, back to that point of experimentation and figuring out for yourself what your body needs and how you work best. Yeah, exactly. Um, But another, just kind of on that same point, sort of a type of intermittent fasting, but more like a restricted feeding times. Uh When I was reading this paper, there was another paper that was in humans. It was a small group, but basically they just restricted their feeding to 12, 10 to 12 hours during the day, which isn't that unreasonable. If you think about you wake up and eat at seven in the morning and then you eat dinner and you're done eating dinner by seven at night. That's not Mm -hmm. too unreasonable. Mm -hmm. But the difference between that and then the people who had a larger window, which was more like 14 or 15 hours, was huge. So these people lost tons of weight. I think they ended up eating like 20% less calories during the day. And then they, it was sustained even for a whole year after they had done the intervention. So just thinking about that now, even this week, I've been a little bit more diligent about making sure I have a 12 hour window at night where I'm not eating. Yes. I recommend, I, that's a general recommendation mm-hmm. that I make to everyone because you're right. I think that it, it's very easy to do. It doesn't really alter your schedule or mm-hmm. your routine too much, but it can have so many amazing benefits. Right. It's so true. And then it also decreases the likelihood of you eating later at night, which is when all of the wrong calories get entered into your body. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Um, Okay. So our fourth point is about more about mindfulness Mm -hmm. and just taking time to slow down when you're eating. So what are some of the ways, this is something that I'm not the best at, but I have noticed, especially when 
my husband and I take time to actually eat dinner together, um, which doesn't happen every night, but when it does, it's so much more enjoyable and then we eat slower and I think we enjoy our food more. But what are some of the ways that you do that or that you work or that you tell patients to incorporate that? Well, so I, I'm still working on it for myself (laughs) as well, (laughs) but I always recommend it to other people. (laughs) Right. Um, I really, I try to be conscious. A lot of times at lunch, I end up sitting and eating and working, which I don't like, but it's kind of really like the only way for me to leave at a reasonable time. So I, I'm not so good at it at lunch, but I think that if you can, at least just for one meal a day, if you're not doing it for any meals of the day or Mm -hmm. two meals a day, that it's really helpful to sit down and to take three deep breaths because Mm -hmm. we know that the breath just in and of itself can, you know, stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, which talk about your microbiome. It's Mm -hmm. like another input to your microbiome that has this amazing way to turn off inflammatory pathways and then also um, improve your overall gut health when you look at breath work long term so if you're just taking three deep breaths before you eat mm-hmm. it helps to set your body up for the digestive uh, the digestive process in a more relaxed way so that you're able to absorb and retain the nutrients that you're eating because a lot mm-hmm. of times people are standing when they're eating instead of sitting which is the number one thing that if you're doing that you should just start to sit Mm -hmm. and then the second thing is to start to take deep breaths and to slow down and to chew your food and try to be really present with your meal so that you're paying attention to the flavors and the colors and the textures instead of using your meal time as a way to like start checking your iPhone or Mm -hmm. whatever else that we usually end up doing because it's like, oh, well, eating food isn't stimulating enough. (laughs) (laughs) I need to distract myself in other ways. (laughs) But it can have, I mean, I have so many patients that come in with excessive bloating and all of these GI issues and not that that's their solution, but it can have such a, it can make for so many great improvements for them Mm -hmm. if they just start to sit down and become more relaxed. And there's actually a lot of research behind this too that shows that the level of absorption of the nutrients that you get is escalated significantly by just Mm -hmm. taking time to breathe and chew your food at least 30 times per bite. Wow. 30 times. That sounds like a lot. 30 times is a lot. (laughs) If you try it, it takes so long to eat. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. But even just like, I think that from an awareness standpoint that eating regularly and then just counting the number of um, chews that you're Mm -hmm. taking that that can help to just know like, oh, wow, I'm taking an average of 10, I'm chewing my food 10 times before I swallow. Like I probably maybe should do it 15 times or 20 times so that I can, you know, slowly make a little bit of progress. Right. I'll I'll work on that slowly. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good goal to have, definitely. And I think too, it's just another opportunity to practice. We all know practicing mindfulness has positive effects on our health, whether it's just Mm -hmm. even when you're not eating, but eating is a great time. You have to eat anyway. So why not use that as another opportunity to practice mindfulness? And I think that it also improves your relationship with food because if you're actually present for that meal and thinking about the way that the food is being digested and what that food's doing for your body, Mm -hmm. you have like a more connected experience with the food so that it's not just like, oh, let me just grab a bar off of some factory line. I have Mm -hmm. no idea where it came from, what it's doing to my health or what it's doing to my body after I'm eating it. And then it like gives you the opportunity to actually make that connection if you sit down and are paying more attention. So true. So true. All right. Our last point is 
maybe obvious for our audience, but it's avoiding added sugars and and artificial and sweeteners. artificial sweeteners too. Um, both important. So just drinking the diet soda is not really going to cut it in our minds. Exactly. Um, it actually might be worse. So one of my patients asked me yesterday. She's like, I know that you would never drink soda, but if you had to drink regular or diet, which would you choose? And I was like, regular, but you're right. I would never drink it. (laughs) The last time I drank it was like two and a half years ago when I was fishing on a boat that I, and I was when I was drinking coffee and I hadn't had a cup of coffee Uh, and I was in like severe caffeine withdrawal (laughs) by like 10 or 11 AM with an excruciating headache. And so I grabbed a Coke on the boat. (laughs) Um, but I mean, those sweeteners and sugars can show up in all types of foods. It's not just soda, obviously, but that's Mm -hmm. something that obviously you should be aware of. And I think if you avoid even avoiding, um, any kind of foods that include those sugars, a lot of times those are going to be also the foods that have a lot less of other preservatives too. So it's kind of a good place to start. It's so true. But even a lot of the foods now that are, you know, organic and the energy bars and things like that, or even like organic protein powders, Mm -hmm. a lot of them still have added sugars or some kind of um, artificial sweetener or stevia Mm -hmm. or something to flavor it. Mm -hmm. So I always ask people, I'm like, does your protein powder taste good? Because most of the time people don't know what kind of protein (laughs) powder they're um, consuming and then they're like yeah it's flavored it's vanilla or chocolate and I'm like okay well that's how you know you shouldn't be eating it (laughs) (laughs) it's too sweet right exactly I mean so we have added sugars on one end which are going to be extremely detrimental to health I think actually like one of the most inflammatory things that you can be doing Mm -hmm. so the American Heart Association makes the recommendation for women to um limit their intake of added sugar to less than six teaspoons per day and for men to limit their intake to no more than nine teaspoons per day. And then they just came out with the recommendation for children over the summer or Mm -hmm. in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, That was um, no more than six teaspoons per day. So that's not a lot of sugar. Uh, When you think about it, that's uh, for women and children, about 24 grams of sugar, added sugar per day. Mm -hmm. So we're talking not only about uh, like your cane sugar, brown sugar, any kind of syrups, Mm -hmm. high fructose corn syrup, things like that. But then also things that people don't think as much of like honey, maple syrup, Mm -hmm. um, agave. I think that a lot of the paleo movement is like no refined sugars, but that doesn't mean that there isn't added sugar in the product. It could still be a naturally occurring added sugar like maple syrup like mm-hmm. honey that metabolically is still going to do have similar impacts on your overall health and still put you at risk of you know pre-diabetes insulin resistance type 2 diabetes heart disease mm-hmm. and all these other things that we see associated with sugar and there's been so much that's come out in the last few months that has shown the um the uh, the lobbying and corruption around mm-hmm. different recommendations mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, date back 50 years when, um, basically like the sugar association was paying off these researchers from Harvard to, um, hand pick the research mm-hmm. that they were, uh, publishing to kind of make it seem like added sugars weren't as much of a concern. Right. So even I was just recently like looking back at all of the dietary guidelines for Americans Mm because they come out with the government comes out with new recommendations every five years. And when you look back to even the 1980s, they were still making the record. I think it was either 19... 
maybe it was 1990, that they were saying that the only thing that added sugar was associated with was tooth decay and that they couldn't pinpoint it being associated with diabetes unless it was associated with weight loss. The added sugars alone were not associated with diabetes. But we know that there's like a dose related (laughs) effect when it comes to added sugar consumption and your risk of not just diabetes, but like even insulin resistance Mm -hmm. is going to be the cause of you having more uh, visceral fat or abdominal Mm -hmm. fat that is going to, if it, you know, accumulates over time is going to increase your risk of all these other inflammatory diseases. Because if your body is secreting more insulin, which happens anytime after you're eating more added sugar, Mm -hmm. it's going to impact your risk of a lot of different diseases long term. So added sugar would be (laughs) (laughs) the one that I feel very, very strongly about trying to make sure isn't in um, your food as much as possible. I usually recommend limiting to one tablespoon per day. And I do think that it's better if you're if you were to have to choose a source of added sugar Mm -hmm. to do things like raw honey or pure maple syrup. But I think that it just shouldn't be something that you're like, oh, well, it's okay because it's that refined. Right. So true. So true. Or the local honey. Local honey is good too for (laughs) for your health, but not too much. Right. Um. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like just a a tablespoon per day at most. And then the other thing is that it still is going to cause, you know, added sugar is so, so, so addicting. Mm -hmm. Added sugars and artificial sweeteners because artificial sweeteners are even sweeter than sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, So it still stimulates that addictive response that you're going to get. And the more that you feed your body sugar, the more that it will crave it. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. So true. I love it. So our, just to recap our five points. Um, so the first one is about having fun. So even though we're avoiding added sugar, we don't want this, the main focus of our food relationship to be about restriction. We want it to be about experimenting, trying new foods, cooking, all of those sorts of fun things. Right. Um, Which is the reason why diets fail. The reason why diets fail is because they aren't fun and they're more about deprivation. So have fun. (laughs) <laughs> so true. so if you're changing something this January, make sure it's something you can have fun with and then think about how you'll do it or implement it long term. Exactly. Sure. Um, also, of course, eating lots of fiber rich and nutrient dense foods. So lots of vegetables, lots of variety. Um, we talked about different ways to do that. Setting yourself up for success because we know we're all hectic and busy and doing a million things and we don't need to add any extra stress. We want to make sure that we're prepared. Um, being mindful when you eat something that we're both going to keep working on, (laughs) but we're going to start trying to get our 30 bites. It's a struggle, but it is important. (laughs) Um, and then of course, avoiding the added sugars and artificial sweeteners. Yes. So I want to just take the last two few minutes to talk about our exciting reset that we're working on for January, because I think kind of going off of those points, those are five things that we're really trying to incorporate and make really accessible for anyone to implement and to get an experience where they can start to implement these in a group environment or with some sort of support and then make them really long lasting into the whole year so that it's not just about what happens in January, but it's a, it's really a reset to get back on track and then use this in your life moving forward. Indefinitely. (laughs) (laughs) Indefinitely. (laughs) Forever and ever and ever. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. And the best part is that it's free. The program that we're creating is going to be a 28-day free program that not only includes all of my recipes from my blog, but a a few additional recipes that I'm throwing in with weekly planners, weekly shopping lists to keep you like on track, trying new recipes, and then different foods, flavors, all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And then 
Julie's amazing workouts <laughs> will be paired with it. <laughs> of course, of course. So I think sort of what prompted it was we did our our challenge with our um, Train with JF community. It went really well. They, I think, had a great experience overall. It was so great. It was so fun. And so we said, okay, how can we make this – we want to make this available for anyone to try it because we see that it has a good impact. And I think one of the most valuable things was – I mean, Bridget obviously has amazing recipes on her blog, but she was able to put them all into a way that was really easy to implement. So she has shopping lists for kind of getting started and cleaning out your pantry and making sure you have all the essentials. And then also every week, a shopping list for exactly what you need to buy to make the recipes. Um, Danny and I did it every week. We shopped, we made the recipes, and then we had them in our fridge and we could take them to work or to school or wherever. I loved getting all of your um, pictures. <laughs> Julie would like send me all these yeah. amazing pictures of their meal preps and stuff. And I'm like, right. yes, that makes me so happy. <laughs> and of course, always so fun to do it with a group and knowing that you yes. have that support. So for this um, plan that we're doing in January, also we're having a Facebook group so that people can kind of support each other and show each other what they're up to and, you know, share different tips or different things that they're doing that works. Um, it doesn't work. So yeah. that'll be really exciting. Um, and also we're doing some throwing in some workouts too so obviously if you're listening to this and you do crossfit and you already go to your affiliate maybe you don't have a need for this but for anyone else or if you know someone who you want to help maybe get into exercise or start changing their diet this would be a great thing to share with them because um, we'll also be sharing some really basic body weight workouts that you can do anywhere that you can do at your house that take just a few minutes um, and that way gives people just a place to start as far as exercise goes mm -hmm. if they're not doing it on their own but if you are doing CrossFit and you are interested you've been thinking about checking out my training program we're also gonna allow you to try that for free in January as well so so for many a whole options month, right? for a whole month yeah so that is a really fun it's gonna be a really fun time January is always exciting <laughs> I think everyone really um wants to start off the year on a good foot and so we just wanted to open it up and give you you guys as many tools as possible yeah it's gonna be so to, great i'm so excited <laughs> to have a good month and then to have habits that then you can take into the entire year with you yes and so. i think that like you said it's so good not only to if you're interested in signing up you can do that at the landing page yep and we'll put the full link for that in the show notes as well so you'll be able to go there and sign up and you can share it with all these people that because I think that sometimes when people get healthy that right. then they're more inclined to be like, oh, and I'm now judging every single person in my <laughs> life and how horrible they eat. And so instead of maybe judging them and saying like, oh, you shouldn't be eating any of those things, right. you could just encourage them to try to sign up for the program and then you can all do it together, which makes it right. so much more fun and enjoyable. Absolutely. So I know we're already, I'm already thinking about, okay, I want to share this with all my classmates and maybe some of them will try it or um I think Danny my husband is maybe going to try to get his residency program to try it too so it should be a really fun way it's not too strict it's nothing too crazy we're not it's not completely paleo but we're really just focusing on no added sugars eating really healthful nutritious foods mm -hmm. um not focusing so much on the restriction as much as we're focusing on adding the really healthy things to our diet and having fun with it. Right. And then they will, the recipes will be, um, they won't have any gluten or dairy in them. Right. So if you're using those recipes, then you can, that will be, you know, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that, so mainly because all of my recipes on my blog are gluten-free mm -hmm. and dairy-free, but you don't have to do it 
that way if you want to just incorporate some of those recipes and then still incorporate like your yogurts mm-hmm. or things like that then you have the ability to do that as well we're not trying to impose any kind of sure. um restrictions like that but i do think that it could be beneficial for some people absolutely and i think those are the two probably most common foods that people have intolerances to or just in general react or feel better when they're off of them and so that's kind of the two that we're really focusing on that and then the added sugars exactly yeah so it should be really fun so (laughs) it's gonna be amazing (laughs) (laughs) so we're really excited about it we're gonna be um in the facebook group we'll be you'll be getting emails from us every week and checking in and then we'll be active in the facebook group answering all your questions and helping you guys out if you need it so and it starts january 16th starts january 16th it'll be for a full four weeks so it'll go through february 12th i think 14th 14th maybe 12th or 14th somewhere around there <laughs> so, yeah um and then we will i will include the link as well um, in the show notes. So make sure you go there and check it out. If you're interested in signing up 100% free, you just enter your email and we'll start sending you all the recipes and meal plans and workouts and everything you could possibly want. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much yes, again of course. for sitting thank down you for with me. me. I love talking about all these tips mm-hmm. and I love talking about how people can make sustainable changes that are going to be long lasting and far into the future past January of 2017. Mm-hmm. Even though this is, I think, a good time for people to make changes and get back on track and reset like we're it is. encouraging. I think that um, we want to see stuff that's going to last. I so. completely agree. <laughs> and these are things that we're talking about every time that we're together anyway. Right. So we might as well just do it on a podcast. <laughs> if you guys that are listening have any feedback or questions for us, make sure you ask us in, in the comments and we'll be happy to keep talking. <laughs> Very happy. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you're interested in joining Bridget and I on our Healthy Self Reset this January, you can sign up now at 2017.healthyselfreset.com forward slash sign dash up. Or you can find the link in the show notes for this episode on my website, juliefouché.com forward slash podcast. We've tried to make it as easy and accessible as possible for you to improve your approach to nutrition by giving away all of our materials for free and creating a Facebook group where you can share ideas as you go through the reset with our community. The reset is also a great way to introduce a healthy lifestyle to your friends, family, or coworkers. So please forward the sign up link to anyone else who you think might benefit from the program. Also remember that if you're interested in trying my training program for an entire month for free, you can do so by signing up for the reset. Again, that website is 2017.healthyselfreset.com forward slash sign dash up or find the link in the show notes on my website, juliefouché.com forward slash podcast. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com where you can subscribe to my email list. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can train with me by visiting beyondthewhiteboard.com slash juliefouché. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com, and share your thoughts on social media with the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Pursuing Health.